Welcome to this inspirational message from Pastor Michelle Lefebure. We pray you're impacted and blessed as you listen. How many of you know that there is a war going on in the spirit realm? Amen. It's a war between light and darkness, between good and evil, between God and Satan. And that war has been going on for eons. That means a time immemorial, time that we cannot fathom out. That war has been going on since Satan led a rebellion against God in heaven. And as a result, he was thrown out of heaven by God with those angelic beings who also joined him in this rebellion. Now Jesus, in his eternal divinity, in times past, eternal time past, as, a, as God the Son, he saw this event and he talks to it to, about it to his disciples. In the, in the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 18, this is what he said to them. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. This is when God cast him out of heaven because you cannot have rebellion in heaven. Can you say amen to that? Rebellion is a sin. The Bible says which a rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. You cannot, you cannot have witchcraft in the presence of God. The practices of witchcraft in the presence of God. And so God caused Satan out of heaven. He was born with music, the Bible says, in his being. He led worship in heaven. He was probably the most spectacular being that was ever created by God. And yet somehow pride got into his heart. I want to say to you this morning, the center letter of pride is I. The center letter of sin is I. So whenever you say I, 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 me, me, I, I, just understand that there could be pride beginning to rise in your heart. And so since that time, Satan has been trying to continuously destroy what God is trying to build in the earth. He has a hatred for God. Because in fact, what he wanted to do is to elevate himself to be like God. Now, how many of you know that none of us can ever aspire to elevate ourselves to be like God? We are like God in this earth purely because of the anointing. Purely because of the Holy Spirit. We do his works. We operate in miracle signs and wonders. But we can never become God. Can you say amen to that? And so, because he was cast out of heaven, with all his angels, the Bible says one third of the stars, and it's talking about the angelic beings who were with God in heaven, were cast out of heaven with Satan. Since that time, the devil has had hatred for God. 
And we, because we serve God, because we are children of God, he hates us as well. We become his major targets. I want to say this to you. Don't be fooled. Don't be deceived. Be vigilant, the Bible says. For the devil is walking around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. And Christians are his favorite breakfast. Can you say amen to that? Because he hates you. Because every time he looks at you, he sees the presence of Jesus. <laughs> he hates it. Can't stand it. He wants, if he had his way, he would wipe you off the earth. And very often, I believe, he does that. But praise God for his grace. Praise God for his protection. Praise God that he looks after us. And so God gives him leeway to do up to a point. He said to Job, he said to God, let me go and test your servant Job. He says he loves you, but let me test him a bit. And you will see he doesn't love you. And God said, you can go and test him only. You cannot take his life. So God protects us wherever we are. God protects us whatever plan the enemy has. Whatever he wants to do in your life, you need to know there is a protection of God that's working over you 24-7 if you're a child of God. Amen? But at the same time, we must never ever lose sight of one fact, and that is that we are primary targets of Satan in terms of causing destruction in our lives. But there is nothing to fear. Come on, church, say this with me. I have nothing to fear. For in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says this. It says, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen. The fact that you have Jesus dwelling in you, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, you don't have to fear the works of darkness. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Hallelujah. Having said that, we need to understand that the war is not yet over. The devil is still going around. We have been empowered to deal with him through what Jesus did at the cross, but he's still going around. Amen. And until Satan is thrown in the lake of fire at the end of a millennium, and be totally destroyed and all his demons and all the devils until such a time he will be still going around on the earth accusing the brethren before God and so on and so on afflicting them and so on and so on as we said this morning the enemy is out there and he will do whatever he can to bring you to a place of discouragement, a place of defeat, a place of disappointment. You know, all duties, any, anything that starts with a D. Have a good look at it. Most of it comes from the devil. I call it the D's of the devil. All right? These things will, it will try and put you down. How many of you know that when you discourage, you lose vision, you lose focus? When you are depressed, you don't want to get out of bed every morning. You'd rather put a pillow on your head and stay there for a week. 
Amen? You don't, you lose your productive capacity. You lose your motivation. And so the enemy wants to do that. He wants to defeat you and I and cause as much destruction in our lives as he can. I know one thing about the devil, he doesn't love you. Come on. He doesn't love you. In fact, he cannot love. He's so evil. He's so twisted. He's so, I don't know how to describe it. Evil is the right word. He cannot have love in his heart. Don't be fooled. The devil doesn't love you. God loves you. Jesus loves you. The Holy Spirit loves you. Hopefully your family loves you. Certainly your mama loves you. No matter how ugly you are, your mama loves you. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God for mamas. Amen. But the devil doesn't love you. He doesn't want you to succeed. He doesn't want you to be strong. He doesn't want you to prosper. He doesn't want you to be blessed. He doesn't want you to be healthy. And he doesn't want you to serve God and fulfill his destiny for your life. The devil does not want you to do these things. He will do everything in his power to sideline you, to sidestrike you. To bring you in a different direction. He wants you to be, he wants to see you crushed, destroyed. Because whenever he looks at you, he sees the image of God. Man, that excites me. I don't know about you, but you know what? Us men, we are warriors by nature. He say, okay, you want to take me on? I will take you on. Us men, that's the way we are. Now, I'm not saying we must do that physically. No, we don't fight in the flesh. But when, when I think about when the devil sees me, he sees God. He sees the image of God. I want to come out there. I say, devil, come. Come on, devil. Look at me. I'm prepared to stay here all night, all day. Look at me. Because he says God. That's what he sees. This is the image of Jesus. Hallelujah. And he doesn't like it. He hates it. I don't care if he hates me even more for that. That's fine with me because he who is in me. Come on. It's greater than he who is in the world. I don't fear the devil. You need to know that Satan hates you with a passion. His hatred is a passion. Especially now that you made a decision to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You become a higher target of his hatred. So the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Ephesus and not only warns them about this, but he also instructs them in terms of how to overcome the enemy every time and win. Come on, everybody say, I am a winner. I'm not a loser. Because my God is a winner. My Jesus is a winner. God doesn't lose. He always wins. Amen. So the book of Ephesians chapter 6, I want you to put that scripture up. The apostle Paul writes to the church and he gives them instructions. 
He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of a devil. <clears throat> For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of his age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I want you to notice, I didn't write this. The Apostle Paul wrote this. Come on, church. He says, we do not wrestle. So there is a wrestling that will happen in your life and my life. Don't tell me, no, there's no wrestling. There's no fighting. The Bible says, the word of God says there is. Come on, church, very quiet in this Presbyterian church. We got to know how to fight the good fight. <clears throat> the good fight of faith. Because the enemy hasn't been destroyed fully yet. He's around. And if there's areas in your life where you can find a way, he's going he's gonna to put you down. And you've got to know how to fight him when he comes against you. <clears throat> Therefore, Paul writes, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of a gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of a wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Paul wants us. There is a war going on. It's not a war against flesh and blood. No, no, no. It's a spiritual war. The enemy wants to defeat you. He wants to crush you. There is a war going on in the spirit. And Paul gives us the solution. Amen. I want you to put the title of this message up for me. What you wear. This is the title of this message. Has everything to do with how you win. Amen. What you wear has everything to do with what you win. So in verses 10 to 13 of our scripture, that we just read Ephesians chapter 6, Paul teaches three truths. Three truths that we got to understand. These are realities. This is truths. The attacks of the enemy will come. That's number one. There is not a Christian who means business with God that the enemy will not try and cause some form of destruction attack in their lives. That's the first truth. The attacks of the enemy will come. Number two, we can be strong enough to overcome. Praise God. Be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Number three, we withstand the attacks by wearing the whole armor of God. That's how we withstand. Having done all, stand, put on the whole armor. You see, there is a side to our walk with God where we are soldiers in the kingdom of God. We are the army of a living God. We are out there to war. Amen. As well as other things. 
And our soldiers, we cannot go into battle without protective gear and offensive weapons. No soldier will go into battle without his armor on, especially in those days when Paul was writing. They didn't have aeroplanes and, uh, you know, fighter jets and, and, and submarines and all of these things. In those days, you had to go just you, your armor and your weapon. And you had to go face the enemy. And you had to try and put the enemy down. You don't go into battle as a soldier without protective gear and offensive weapon, weapons. Amen. If you leave a piece of your armor out, that area is unprotected. Amen. If you take a piece of your armor out, you take your breastplate out, that area, you become vulnerable. It becomes a weak point and a potential point for your, the enemy to overcome you. So from verse 14 to 18 of that scripture, Paul tells us how to close every single door to the enemy, how to make sure there is no vulnerable spot in our lives where the enemy can get a foothold and create havoc in our lives. And that's what Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 to 18 is all about. And I'd like to spend a little time on this this morning. Ephesians 6, verses 14 to 18. Verses 14 to 18. When Paul writes, he says, Stand therefore, hold your ground, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the blessed plate of righteousness, having shod your feet with a preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able, you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of a wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to be sent with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, there are seven pieces to the armor of God that we need to wear. Seven pieces in order to be fully protected and win when the enemy comes against us. Here they are. Number one, truth. I'm going to explain that to you in more detail in a minute. Number one, truth. Number two, righteousness. Number three, the gospel. Number four, faith. Number five, salvation. Number six, the word. Word of God. Number seven, prayer. Truth, righteousness, the gospel, faith, salvation, the word, and prayer. These are the seven components of your equipping that you, need, you and I need to wear in order to be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy, his attacks when he comes against you. So let's quickly, just very briefly, I'm going to touch on each one. Truth. Truth is our belt. It's what protects you here. Always speak the truth. A Christian who compromises truth with untruths or lies becomes vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. You know, strangely enough, I've come across through the years many Christians who tell lies. 
There should never be a lie uttered from the mouth of a Christian. Christians do not lie. If you want the protection of God, if you want your belt on, always tell the truth no matter what the consequence is. Can you say amen to that? A, a Christian who compromises truth with untruths becomes vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. A significant piece of his armor is missing. His protective belt is missing. So we walk in truth. Jesus says, I am the truth. If we say we serve Jesus, then we don't, we don't have anything to hide. We don't tell lies. We don't tell untruths. We speak the truth. Can you say amen to that? Come on, church, are you alive this morning? The second piece, which is your breastplate, it's the breastplate of righteousness. Now, this has got two facets to it. The first one, it's talking about the firm belief that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. There's so many Christians who don't fully grasp this. If you gave your heart to Jesus, you have become the righteousness of God in him, in Christ. Amen. But the other side of that piece of armor is righteous living. Righteous living. Again, when we compromise righteous living with unrighteous or ungodly lifestyles, we open a gap in our lives where the enemy can come in and harm us. Amen. Very quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. Amen. Come on, church. You cannot compromise your walk with God, with unrighteous living. I was ministering to a couple not so long ago. And they are prepared to compromise the plan of God for their lives because they want to sleep with each other and they're not married. And I said, no, you can't. You cannot serve as a leader in this church if you're going to live in sin. So they left for church. All right? It's fine. The righteousness is our breastplate. It's believing in the fact that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But at the same time, it's also believing that we have a responsibility to walk in righteous living before God. Because that is a testimony of the presence of God in our lives. We are meant to be godly people, not ungodly, worldly type of people. And when you don't do that, you, your breastplate is not in place. It create, you become vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. The third one is a gospel. The gospel, gospel, the word gospel means good news. It's a gospel of peace. What is the good news? Well, once you've given your heart to Christ, you are saved. Come on. Come on, church. Your sins are forgiven. And the power of the devil is broken over your life. So be at peace. Be at peace. 
No matter what you face, let the peace of Christ that passes all understanding guard your mind and your heart. The peace of God in Christ Jesus. That's a good news. I can walk every single day of my life with the peace of God in my heart. Because I'm a born again child of God. And the Lord will take care of my needs. He will take care of my enemies. The battle is the Lord's. He will take care of every dominion and principality if I just retain my faith in him and my peace in him. So be at peace. That's the good news. I can walk every single day of my life totally at peace. In Christ you cannot be defeated and you are more than a conqueror. Come on, church. I don't know if I'm preaching to people who are asleep this morning, but I can't hear amen, hallelujah, praise God. Are you excited about the Lord? That's the gospel. If you have doubts regarding these issues, this piece of your armor will be missing. It will create an area of vulnerability, your feet. Because that's what it says, having shod your feet with a preparation of the gospel. Then you are vulnerable there. Your feet will not be protected. No soldier goes into battle barefoot. But I can tell you in the Roman army, they wore huge boots. Even in today's army, soldiers walk around and they got special boots to protect their feet. So that's number three, the gospel. Number four, faith. You know, Jesus said something very interesting. He said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? <laughs> you know, I don't know about you, but when you get a revelation of what he was trying to say, it can be a bit scary. But faith is our shield. Faith in God's promises for your life. This is not faith in believing. That's not talking about general faith. I believe there is a God. Bible says so does the devil. Come on church. Maybe some of you never heard of that scripture. Bible says so does the devil and they tremble. That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about faith in the promises of God for your life. That's your shield. When the enemy comes against you, that you stand on the promises of God. Faith in God's promises for your life is your shield. When you doubt God's promises for your life, you take away your shield. And you will have no protection against the darts of the enemy. The Bible says your shield quenches every dart, fiery dart of the enemy. When he throws a dart at you, if your shield is in place, that dart can never, can never get to you. Amen. You're protected. Number one, number five, sorry. The helmet of salvation. Bible, Paul writes, he says, that protects your head. It's a helmet. Protects your head. It protects your head, the most important part of your body. How many of you know that the most vulnerable part of your body in a battle is your head? Come on. I mean, I've watched people now, right now there's riots going on in India. They're throwing stones. And the people, they don't cover their body or, or their, their, their shoulder. No, no. They, 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 you know, not for the stones, not to eat them. The only place they put their hands is on their head. Because your head, if it gets damaged, your, the whole bod, your whole body is damaged. 
If you lose an arm, you can still carry on with the other arm, but you cannot walk around without a head. Amen? Well, you can, but you will scare everybody. If your enemy can get to your head and inflict a blow there, he is most like you got you. Amen. Without salvation, we are at the mercy of the enemy. You get saved when you genuinely give your life to Jesus, believing that he died for you at the cross, and you make him the Lord and Savior of your daily life. Not one day I came and stood there and I said, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Now I'm saved and I can carry on doing whatever I feel like it. You are no more saved than fly in the air. It is a daily walk with God. Your salvation has to be testified. People need to see a change in you. Your life needs to change. I'm not saying you must become perfect from that moment. No, we are being perfected by Jesus Christ and his work in our lives and the work of the Holy Spirit. But when you get saved, there is a helmet that's put on your head, so to speak. And you are protected. So if you doubt your salvation, and you're not sure that you are saved, I always say to people, when did you give your life to the Lord? Well, you know, I'm not so sure. Then I don't think you've really done that. Because you will know. There's a transformation that happens. It's something that changes in your heart. Can you say amen to that? So you get saved when you genuinely, I put that word on purpose in here, give your life to Jesus. If you're not sure about that, your helmet is missing. And the most vulnerable part of you is open to the attacks of the enemy. Number six, the word of God. That's your sword. That's your offensive weapon that you use against the enemy. No soldier goes into battle without his offensive weapon. If you go into battle, if you are in the Roman army, and the general or whoever looks after your, your group finds out you left your weapon at home, I don't know what they'll do to you. I think they'll burn you alive. They'll throw you to the, to the lions. Okay? You don't go into battle without your sword. No soldier goes into battle without his offensive weapon. That's how Jesus defeated the enemy when he attacked him with temptations while he was at his most vulnerable place. Jesus took his sword out, which is the word of God, and he says, devil, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. He says, and he just took him out. It is written. Bang. He used the word of God. You need to know God's word, church. You need to know God's word. You know, in the old days, the soldiers slept with their weapon. That weapon became part of them. They knew that weapon inside out. They knew how to use it. How to use it. You've got to know the word of God. You know, Pastor Jean-Michel and I were talking some time ago, and he said something which horrified me. He said, people today do not read the Word of God. Well, my question to you is this. How are you going to know the Word of God if you never read it and never spend time in it? You need to know God's Word, how and when to use it, by speaking it out with faith. Without your sword, you become very vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. In other words, you cannot defend yourself 
properly and you cannot go on the offensive to take the enemy out. You know, when David was facing Goliath, Goliath mocked him because he was a huge man. David was small. Goliath mocked him. You know what Goliath said to him? Today, I'm taking your head out. And then number seven, which is part of your, you know, some people say that's not part of the, of, of the, of the armor. But if Paul, Paul has included it in one breath, praying in the spirit always. How often do you pray in the spirit? Prayer connects you with God. In the place of prayer, you get strategy, you get direction, confidence, reassurance, peace, and much more. How much time are you dedicating to pray? Sometimes we need to switch that television off and spend time in the presence of God, praying for ourselves, praying for our families, praying for our finances, our health, and all of these things. These keep you strong. When you pray, you get direction, reassurance. These things keep you strong when the enemy comes against you. When you don't pray, your lifeline to God is no longer in operation. Prayer is communication with God. You talk to him, he talks to you. Prayer reminds you of the word. Prayer is very powerful. And when you stop praying and you start worrying and all of these things, your lifeline to God is no longer in operation. You become vulnerable to the enemy's attacks. Let me ask you a question this morning, church. Are you destined to win against the enemy? Absolutely, yes. You are. The Bible says that in Christ Jesus, we are more than conquerors. That you will find in Romans chapter 8, verse 37. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So Paul instructs us regarding the battles that we find ourselves in and how to be strong and a winner over the enemy. It gives us the tip. It gives us the equipping that we need. The wisdom. Ephesians 6 verses 10 and 11. Put that scripture up for me. He says, finally. You know when somebody says finally, it's because he's about to tell you the most important thing he wants you to hear. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. How do you, how do you remain strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind? Well, the next verse, he tells us, put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. And not be defeated. Come on church. So remember this. Put that title of my message up again. I want you to remember this today. As you walk out of this church. Whatever you wear. What you wear has everything to do with how you win. Amen. Let me ask you this question this morning. What are you wearing? Have you got all the pieces of your armor on? What you wear has everything to do with how you win. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to this message. If it has blessed you, get in contact with us by visiting our website at www.victorycenton.co.za.